All right. <clears throat> so I wanted to kind of, this is an idea I've had <clears throat> based on an article I sent to you guys about how, you know, times being what they are, you know, it's mm -hmm. a different, you know, a few things have changed. Um, <clears throat> if you were going to mentor somebody in their late teens, you know, it's towards a path and success in life. So, I mean, like, let's, let's put it all on the table. Let's talk about, you know, like career, education, personal relationships, family life. What would you say to them? Well, that's actually <clears throat> you raising this right now. So first of all, when you put in context mm -hmm. last time we spoke about it, mm -hmm. I thought that was great. Because it, it was from the context of this article, this woman stepping up and saying, okay, yep. I've got kids and I don't know how to advise them because times have changed yep. since I was yep. their age and the advice yep. that was given me, right? But funnily enough, on Thursday, I met with um, <clears throat> a young fellow, age 20, who mm -hmm. got fired from the company, my current client. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'd, I'd watched them at first. So on the one hand... I asked all the, all of the ground staff, mm -hmm. my first month that I was there, I said, okay, how long do you see yourself at this company? And there's this 20-year-old, and he's like saying, I don't see myself here long. I'm going to go somewhere that's got more money. Right. Right. And I'm, <clears throat> I'm looking at this kid, and I'm like, well, good luck with that. Right. Right? Because you got no skill set, um, and you're not even applying yourself here. Yeah. Over time, he kept getting moved sideways. I talked to you about this kid last time. Mm -hmm. Right. Um. And then he got fired. And it, over that time, I started watching him. And it was just his body language. And his... Just like hunched shoulders. And he had unkempt hair all over his eyes. Never looked in the eyes. You know, I asked uh, the manager and the supervisor when, they, when he got chewed out for the last time. You know, mm -hmm. what did he say? He said, oh, he just sat there and took it. Mm -hmm. Didn't say a thing. And, you know, it brought me back to... Um, something Mad Murray said, one of my first instances of management and leadership. Mm -hmm. And he said, hey, any asshole can fire someone. Right. It takes a leader to turn them into something. Yeah. Right? So I reached out to this kid. <clears throat> and I actually met him at a Tim Hortons. And, mm -hmm. you know, sat with him for about 45 minutes to an hour. And I just said, listen. And I, and I read him. Yeah, yeah. I, I said, listen, this is my take on you. Yeah. You know. Life has kind of kicked you around along the way. You've had yeah. no one there to kind of back you up, give you faith in yourself. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, tell me if I'm wrong. Right? He said, yeah. you got me spot on. Yeah. Right? And, and so... Does he have... What's, what's his, what was his family life? Well, I didn't get too, too, too oh, much okay. into that. Right? Because that's all very personal. Right. Like, and, and to a certain extent, I didn't want to know. Yeah. Right? Because, again, yeah. you know, like... One can draw... Right. Some presumptions from that, right? Yeah. But whatever, it's, it's the reality of the kid who's sitting across from me. And so I started, you know, you start with, you know, what do you want for yourself? Yeah. What do you want out of life? <clears throat> yeah. Right? Get them to define it mm -hmm. and start going from there. Um, so I'm stuck. I'm talking broad strokes right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yep. we'll return to the question, but I just okay. thought it was yep. very timely because this yeah, is yeah. what I was doing. So what, what did he say? Did he know? Had he given it a lot of thought? Or was he just kind of drifting? I think, no, the, the most important thing about this kid, because again, he, mm -hmm. he, he's kind of like, he's been going through life thinking he doesn't, you know, he, he, he's got nothing. Yeah. Right? Beating himself up. Yeah. Right? 
He's he was sitting in that office getting chewed out and just thinking yeah, of himself. Just, Here we go again. Yeah. I'm a fuck up. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so actually the first thing I asked him, I said to him, What do you see when you look at me? Because he had yeah, yeah, months yeah. of me walking yeah, around yeah, kind of yeah. trying to motivate the, yeah. the ground staff. And yeah. and so this was the first instance of where he's at. Yeah. Right? He couldn't think of a thing to say. Mm-hmm. Right? I really put him on the spot, but it's it's not in his. He's, he's like, and some other stuff comes out later. And, and I said, "Well, because I was going somewhere with that." I said yeah. to him, "I'll tell you what I see when I look at yeah. you, and I see me. Yeah, I see me at your age. I see yeah. me before your age. Yeah, I see me up until I joined the military and went to yeah. basic at age thirty. Yeah, right. Until then, I was just an overgrown teenager. Yeah, going through exactly just what drifting. you are. Yeah. Right." Um, the other thing that came out, which speaks to his home life, everything was about grade nine. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. He had great marks up until grade nine. Huh. He's, he stated that Something at one happened. point in the conversation and at, and at another part, point in the conversation, um, he said he stopped socializing huh. in grade nine. Interesting. So again, I said to him, okay, obviously something happened. Yeah. In grade nine. Yeah. Or right in the transition to high school. Yeah, well, that, no, it was in grade nine he got expelled. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, something did happen. So, and again, in, I didn't know what area. it was. It's just like something changed yeah, in your life. Yeah, something changed. Right, yeah. but these are, these were my starting points. With expelled. So I, yeah. Because you really got to do something to get expelled. Well, that's, okay, so I've, I'm reading between the lines a lot of things, but he was saying that. You know, because he's got older siblings. They probably yeah. all went through the same school. Maybe, yeah. Right? And maybe they maybe, had a reputation, yeah, right? So maybe. now he's been branded with that. Yeah. Um, and that happens. Yeah. That happens. So, and I think it was because he started skipping a lot of school. I know Yeah. I went through stuff. A lot of the stuff he was saying went through the same shit. Yeah. Grade nine, I moved from Ottawa to Edmonton. Yeah. All of a sudden, there's a bunch of kids who accepted me for who I was and I wasn't mm-hmm. used to that. Yeah. Right. So all of a sudden I've got a social life. My marks yeah. just plummeted. Right. Yeah. Um, anyways, so I mean, and the funny thing was I talked to him about, okay, what he saw. Mm-hmm. So what he wanted was self-confidence mm-hmm. and um, left less self-judgment. Mm-hmm. Right, because he beats himself up all the time. Mm-hmm. Right, and again, I empathize with that. And for life, he wanted happiness. Yep. He wanted success. He wanted uh, he wanted a job mm-hmm. that he would enjoy going to and not hate going to every day. Right. right. We start digging into that, and and again, one of the things was he's not used to socializing. He's not used to answering questions. But eventually, I start drawing this shit out of him. Right. Mm-hmm. He actually had a plan. He was working at this place to save up money while he was going to school to learn plumbing. And mm-hmm. the plumbing was going to get him good money because what yep. he really wanted to do <clears throat> was work in real estate, either as a realtor or a landlord. Uh, okay. Yep. He had a plan. He did have a plan, yeah. Right? He gets halfway through the plumbing course and mm-hmm. what it was, you had projects every mm-hmm. X often and you either passed or failed. Yep. But he always passed, but he focused on the failure because he'd fail first. And then, but if, if yep. you succeeded in fixing the thing that you failed on you got to pass right but he got halfway through that focused on the negative and said i suck at this i'm not going to try anymore right right 
So again, these are all feeding into the things that I would tell someone these right. days, right? You know, in this particular case, this is again broad strokes, but it's like, dude, mm-hmm. you know, stop beating yourself up. You know, here, here's here's the good news. Until grade nine, which was two thirds of your life up to that point, you succeeded, right? right? And you didn't make it this much farther by nothing but fuck-ups you've done Mm -hmm. you've successfully made it to age 20 almost 21 right so you know i get it and i've been there and in the even in having that conversation i i had uh an embarrassing humiliating memory from grade six or seven right in Mm -hmm. my head yep you know that i keep going back to when i you know it's whenever i'm triggered to feel shitty about myself right so Anyways, I'll throw it back to you guys. Okay, so on this, I want to start kicking off education and I'm going to throw out my most controversial thing going. Quit high school. Don't bother. After grade 10, walk away. It's a waste of your time. In that, I'm saying to anybody in that situation, first thing you want to do is get a trade. You want to get a red seal tray. I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to like it that much because it's just a, a fallback option. So let's say we got your kid here. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, let's use this guy as an example. He has a long-term goal. Like he wants to work, say, in real estate as a landlord, maybe some property management, something in those lines, but he's not entirely sure what it is yet. Mm-hmm. But it, it is a goal. But we got to figure out how to get from there to here. Mm-hmm. High school is not going to get them there. Say, so get your grade 10, get out, get into an apprenticeship program. Like find out uh, his, his minimum requirements for, for being a plumber. And I'm just kind of looking at him right, right here. So far as I for what he needs, all he needs to enter into an apprenticeship program for plumbing in the province of Alberta is English 20 math 20 and science 10 or a pass mark and all five Canadian general educational development or GED tests or an entrance exam. That's all he needs. Mm-hmm. So in this guy's mm-hmm. case, he could get out of there in like after half a year of grade 11, mm-hmm. he's good. Grade 12, the rest of that crap in high school does nothing but waste time. And there's a very narrow window of your life in those 20s to, to get a lot of major things done. So I would say as soon as what, grade 11, he's 17? Mm-hmm. Get your get your, your 220 20 marks in English and math, walk away. Get a job, get started as an apprentice. Get that red seal. Now this is, a lot of this stuff overlaps because now he's relocatable. He's got his red seal interprovincial plumbing ticket. If opportunity comes up in another province, he can go. He's got that journeyman ticket. He will never be, um, how would you say, without options ever again. No matter what happens in his life, if other ventures fail, if if a business goes under, opportunity dries up, he will always have that plumbing ticket to fall back on. And the thing about these, these, uh, these trades is they will never go away. There will never be a day that we don't need a plumber. 
at least not in our lifetimes. Oh, there's no question, right? right? So yeah, he'll, no matter where he is, and that's the other thing. You can be certain jobs, like let's say you want to be an HR, you want to work in HR, you want to you 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 want to work in in a you know human relations kind of capacity. Hmm. You're not going to be able to do that in a small town. You are wedded to a big city and a big corporate headquarters for that. Mm. And that brings a lot of other problems. Yeah. But if you've got something like a plumbing ticket, you can work literally anywhere. So that gives you that option of, of relocatability. Now let's say, okay, now he's, uh, let's say he's like 25. Like, let's say we got to this kid mm-hmm. in grade nine. Mm-hmm. So, okay, just eyes on the prize. All you got to do is get those two 20-level courses, of what, math and English? Mm-hmm. And you can walk away from that stupid stupid mm-hmm. school system. And so, science, science 14. Uh, science 10. Okay. Yeah, science 10. But if he can get math 20, he's already got science 10, right? He's already done his grade 10. Yeah. Okay, done that. He's got his plumbing ticket. Okay, so let's say he's now 24, 25. He's had a chance to work a little bit. He's had a little bit of money now. He's, he was earning good money from his third year on. Let's say he's been a journeyman for two years now. Yep. That means he's got an apartment, he's got a car, he's probably taking a vacation. So he's learned a little bit more about life. He's not caught, like his, his horizons are going to be broader in that situation than say just a guy who only ever uh, say lived at home and had a job like, like answering in the call center at Shaw for 15 bucks an hour, right? Yeah. Who can't afford to do life broadening activities. The other thing I would say to him is, okay, in these years, while you're like second, third year, first couple years of your German, now's when you take the out-of-town jobs. Mm-hmm. You do not want to take the hometown discount because while I want to stay in Edmonton or my home city, be it Regina or Winnipeg, no, 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 no. You pay for that. You pay for the hometown discount. Now, when you've got no, no spouse, no kids, no home. This is when you take the job up in the Acadie diamond mine. Mm-hmm. This is when you work on the offshore oil rig. This is when you take the job up north in the lumber mill where they got to pay you to go far away from civilization. And you make that bank and you make that life experience so that when you get to the age of 25 and you really decide it's time to move towards that, that goal yeah. of real estate now we can start planning a post-secondary education mm-hmm. because you've got some money in the bank. And when the summer comes around and you're in the summer bank, you're not selling jeans at the gap for $16.50 an hour. You're plumbing at $42.40 an hour. Mm-hmm. Big difference in how you're going to fund that education. Now you're saying, how is he going to get to university when he's only got uh, you know, grade 10 education? Well, you get mature students mature at 25, students. right? So there's not a even, way to do that. Not even. Really? Even less. Is it 21 now? <laughs> now it's 19. I just looked it up. Seriously? Yeah. For a mature student. For a mature student. <laughs> let me, uh, Holy shit. Let well, me there, there's, a, yeah. uh, there's a paradox. In let me pull this up here for you. Uh, well, mind you, mind you, that's, that's just mature student in Alberta. You can upgrade any, uh, any kind of uh, high school requirements you need. As long as you're um, 19 years of age or older, a mature student for Alberta High School Diploma purposes is one who, as of September 1 of the current school year, is 19 years of age or older. Wow. <laughs> now, when I applied... <laughs> yeah, Yeah, when I applied, or if you've already got a high school diploma from the province of Alberta or an equivalent jurisdiction, 
If you already got, then you're automatically a mature student. But for, for me, when I did it, I had to be 21 and I had to be in the workforce for a minimum of two years. It doesn't say anything about that. Um, now, um, what this allows you to do is um, you can just now challenge all your exams. You don't have to take the courses. So let's say he wants to upgrade his math. Mm-hmm. All he has to do is he can self-teach. He can get a tutor. He can do whatever the hell he wants. He doesn't have to sit through the high school courses. He can learn the material and then draw practice exams from Alberta Education, which are available on demand. And then he just finds out, hey, when is the diploma exam? He books a spot. He writes a diploma exam. He gets, say, 82 on the diploma exam for, say, Math 30. He automatically gets an 82% in Math 30 and all prerequisite courses. There you go. So, so then he's got that. Now uh, you pull up University of Calgary. Um, Prereqs. Yeah, I just pulled up admission requirements for a mature student at the University of Calgary. And that is 21 years of age or older. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's different for Alberta Ed. But uh, okay, what kind of faculty do you think that uh, young man would want to get into for uh, property management? Well, some sort of business degree. Business, yeah, that, that'd be, that'd be kind of good. Uh, which I believe is in uh, oh, the a BBA Haskane School of Business. He needs English thirty, math thirty. He's already got them. Well, if if well, no, let's see, no, no, yeah, no, let's see. He, 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 he left that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he had English twenty, math twenty. <clears throat> but he's done the exams. So all he has <clears throat> to do is yeah, he just does the exams. He just challenges the exams. Done. And uh, I don't have this uh, quoted, but I do believe that mature students get, like at least when I took this path uh, 20 years ago, I got priority over all the incoming high school students. Interesting. That, that mature students get priority of placement over non-mature students. Hmm. Very interesting. So I'm- now, now he's on his way with a focused education. He knows what he wants. Yeah. Definitely, it was uh, the experience, like when I spoke to other mature students when I was at the university, we were a lot hungrier. Because unlike the guys who went right from high school into university, we knew what it was like to hit that ceiling, to know that this is as far as we're ever going to go in life without the credentials for the next step. So we were a lot hungrier. We were a lot more motivated. Well, I mean, I've always said that about when I went through basic at 30, too. It's just, you've got a very different perspective on things. You know, compared to the teenagers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I was a smoker and I was 30. So physically. Yeah. Harder. Yeah. But I kept up. Yeah. But I could take the bad man yelling at me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to the kids who would freak out about it. Yeah, crumble. So uh, so that's that's my advice on the education front. I've got, as usual, whenever Patty says anything. Right? Let yeah, it rip. And he does go on and on and on and on and on. Ah, I've got some. He was I've a actually, I admit, it was. A, I knew no, you wanted to jump in, but I felt it was necessary to, to get to that, at least the university it's, state. It's all good. I'm teasing you, right? Yeah. So I actually have only three or four points. They're, they're all kind of broad compared okay. to what you could say. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. I'm going to take the opportunity to say, Steve. You son of a. <clears throat> why don't nope. you take your 30 seconds per podcast <laughs> and use it right now? Our hypothetical young man. Yep. Um, plumbing is great, especially if you yep. want to go into real estate or something. A, a yep. Construction trade is great. Plumbing yep. being one of those, or electrician, or yep. carpenter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a variety you can choose from. <laughs> Contractor. Um, I question why he'd want to go to university anyway. 
Yeah, right? I'm kind of I'm kind of wondering that as well. In the in the in the real yeah. estate development game, yeah, it's true, it's true. Right? But like, I'm 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 being I'm speaking as a generalist, sure, right? Like, um, because I know that that would be the first thing that somebody would criticize yeah. in in my plan to say, well, what if what if his life dreams require post secondary? Because yeah, you're right. In real estate, he doesn't need it. What? Well, so doesn't need it. Right, and I, he could change his mind about being good. a real estate magnet. He might want to be like a general contractor or... Yep. Well, and, more. and... Oh, sorry. No, so, I ahead. mean, so I think we're, we're all going to say the same things here. Yep. You know, me, I'm going to point out, you're absolutely right. There, it's not necessary because, okay, they've, they've got a separate qualification package for becoming yep. a realtor. Yeah. Right? On top of which, yep. as a plumber... Yep. Yeah, a lot right? of that stuff, like you can just do it course by course by course. Yep. You don't have to do full-time students to, right? to so, get the qualification. So, he can, yep. he'll have the money to start yep. flipping property. Yes. Right. And he's got a good chunk of the expertise yep. to do some of the contracting himself. And, right? I and have he'll have known, worked with other contractors. I have way. known firms yeah. that will, like, let's say you already have your ticket. Okay. He's a plumber. He's a journeyman plumber. Yeah. He says, I want an apprenticeship now as an electrician. In order to keep him, uh, especially if he's a good worker. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, let's make that assumption that yeah. he's motivated. He shows up to work yeah. on time, sober ready to work, you know, like he's a good employer. And let's say he accomplishes the bare minimum of his, of his trade. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a rock star. Like making friends in the trades is astonishingly easy. Oh, absolutely. Just show up and achieve the minimum. Yeah. He will be a rock oh, star. Oh, fuck, you're talking my language. Oh my right? God, you're talking my language. I've been that. I've, oh Yeah. I've pulled security lines and installed yeah. cameras and stuff like yeah. in, in like car dealerships, yeah. new ones, right? Yeah. So now you're dealing with the electricians and, yeah. and the GC and all, yeah. and all that. And again, <clears throat> and this is why, you know, the so that's contracting. The consulting I do yeah. is based on some of that experience combined with everything else, which yeah. is just, you know, the, the lack of coordination and and communication and stuff like that. And I'll come to an example of that in a second, but you're right. Yeah. It is shit simple. In fact, yeah. so here I was, I'm, I'm just the guy pulling the security lines. Yeah. Right. But they had three Latino guys yeah. as kind of the, the gophers for the general yeah. contractors. They're the yeah. ones clean up after everybody. At the end they of were the labor. Day and stuff yeah. Like they were that, labor. Right? Yeah. But I, I talked to them with my Sesame street Spanish and asked yeah. them how they're doing every day. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and, and you know, I'd, I'd, I'd call them caballeros. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. like, gentlemen. Right? Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and, they're, and they're like, what do you mean by that? And I said, well, caballeros is a knight, is a, yeah, is yeah, a gentleman. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they're like, oh, cool. Right? Yeah. Next thing I know, they're yeah. wanting to do stuff for me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, they want to work with me. Um, same thing with some of the others. You, If you let them yeah. borrow your forklift for something, they'll yeah. take care of it, and they'll start yeah. accommodating you yeah. in other yeah. stuff. Right? And, like, there's so many guys in the trades who don't do that. They show up late. They yeah. do garbage work. Yeah. Like it's crap and they just don't care. Whereas if you come out, like I have seen places, like I, I've, when, when I worked in the trades, I would see the, the GFs in their, in their morning meeting and they're asking, okay, who's going to work on which individual work team? Yeah. And they would fight over this one laborer. They yeah. would fight like, no, no, no. You had him last two days I get him now. Yeah. And like, no, 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 no. Like what I'm doing is the, is, is the, is the priority is, is the main effort. Yeah. So right. I need him because we got to make this time because if we don't get our stuff done. It doesn't matter what you guys do. I said, no, you can't keep hogging that kid. 
And like, this was a laborer, mm-hmm. but they were fighting over this kid because he was diligent. You told him to do something, he did it. Yeah. And he did it to the standard that was required. Yeah. He didn't mail it in. He didn't cut corners, which so many of their journeymen did. Yeah. And if you're a journeyman, and all, like I said, this is why all you got, you don't got to, you don't got to wow everybody. You don't got to be the best welder or plumber or electrician or instrumentation tech on the site. No, you don't. Or if you want to be, do your diligence. Just do the minimum that is asked of you every day. Like don't do shit work. You know, that's it. Simple. So if this kid, if this plumber is doing that, he's already considered a rock star. So when he says, well, I want to, I want to apprentice as an electrician, they're going to say, we will pay you your journeyman plumber wage while you're collecting your hours for electrician because they don't want to lose them. So, so long as you like, okay, just give us four hours of plumbing a day and we'll let you do the other, say four and a half of yeah. electrician. Yeah. And so he's not taking a financial hit for starting over again. No, but I mean, <clears throat> first of all, my experience with, with employers and managers is, mm-hmm. you know, they, you have to have someone who's open-minded enough to realize mm-hmm. that, right? Because especially when you get up to the decision makers like that, it's great to have the supervisors all mm-hmm. fighting over you, right? Mm-hmm. But in a situation like that, all in my head, I'm going, yeah, and somewhere there's an HR manager or a, an ops manager who's looking at, the cat, looking at that kid and doesn't value them anymore than any of the others and is getting the same rate that, the, that his peers do at the same, at the same and level. It, it might happen. Right? It might happen. Like in my experience, it probably wouldn't, but let's say it does. There's still nothing wrong with that. And yeah. to compensate for that, that's why you take those out of town jobs. Yeah. Right. So like, yeah, let's say, let's say he does have, he does want to get a second ticket. It's mm-hmm. like, well, I got to go back to first year apprentice wages. Okay, how can I get the biggest bang for my buck on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll go work up in a caddy where they're covering my room, my board, so I don't have those expenses. I can get rid of my apartment, get rid of my car, whatever, cut my my other expenses so that I can now survive on that first year apprentice wage mm-hmm. and then work my way up. Because then like, let's, let's say the long-term goal here is, yeah, this guy wants to get into real estate. So let's say another four years. Now the individual's 28. He's got a plumbing ticket. He's got an electrician's ticket. Mm-hmm. He's worked in enough of these trades that with enough other tradesmen, he knows how to frame. He can, like, like you said, we don't need university at this point. He wants to get into, into uh, real estate. He wants to get into property management. He can buy a home, cut rate, completely renovate, on his own. All on his own. He can be his own general contractor at this He's point. He's his own general contractor and this, at this, this point. this was another argument, you know, when it comes to the university and I said business degree. Well, mm-hmm. at this point, just as a plumber, mm-hmm. he'll have built his own business, right? Yes. So he's got business experience. Yeah, right? absolutely. So it's already there. I, I do want to return to something you said earlier. And and for you guys and the listeners, I'm going to mm-hmm. apologize if you heard this before, but there's something you touched on that resonated with me. When I was a purchaser at... Uh, a fabricator back in the day, and it was the second fastest growing company mm-hmm. at the in Alberta at the time, and it was the best company I ever worked for. Anyways, did I tell you the barbecue story? No. Okay, so the this the client for one of the major projects, mm-hmm. right? Big a big upgrader or something like that. They threw a barbecue for us, and this wasn't just like hot dogs and hamburgers. They came in, they brought in 
a dozen of their own barbecues. They trucked mm-hmm. them in. They had the yep. project managers and engineers serving Was this us. a remote site or was this no, in this a shop? No, this was here in town. But okay. in, they came to our site. Came to the shop. Our shop. Yeah. Cleared a bay. They set up. They were serving a steak. Oh, yeah. Right? So, you know, as purchaser, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in line for my steak and I'm, I'm with the project manager for us, for this project. Mm-hmm. I said, well, what's the big deal? What's this all, you know, figuring like we've achieved something massive. Right? Why are these guys taking all this time, money, signing their engineers and their project managers to take care of us? Right? And he says, of all the contractors and subcontractors involved on that project mm-hmm. and on, a, on, you know, on an upgrade or something like that, you've you got to be talking like two dozen to 50 separate companies. Yeah. Yeah. Right? We were the only ones who were on schedule. Right. Wow. And, uh, yeah, that is impressive. And... and well, I don't. I don't think of it as impressive. What's impressive is the mediocrity. You were just talking yeah. about this, oh, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. like I was just. Yeah. And and I What's honestly, impressive is the mediocrity. Yes. I honestly, because yes. I was very close to a garbage can. Yeah. When he told me this, and I cannot remember if I actually yeah. threw my stick <laughs> into the garbage yeah. can, yeah. or just thought about it. But I was so disgusted with yeah. the concept of, yeah. yay us. Yeah. We don't suck. Yep. We are. We are average. Yeah. We, I, uh, we did the bare minimum of what we said yeah. we were going to do. And, and, and somehow this is, this cause, is cause of celebration. Cause for celebration. Yeah. Like, what the actual fuck, yeah. province of Alberta? <laughs> right? Sorry. I, I've come to look at things uh, a, little, a little differently as far as, uh, like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> being the most knowledgeable thing about, about something just means that you know more than the next best guy. Yeah. It doesn't mean you know everything. Yeah, it's right. very true. Being the yeah. best at something just means you're the least worst. Yeah. That's how we start to view stuff now, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. and, and and stuff yeah. starts to make more sense. It doesn't mean you're necessarily good a sliding at it, right? scale. Yeah. I but I uh Yeah. That's if good. you look at the Just because another way of being the best at something is being the least worst. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like is like like what Churchill said about democracy, right? It's the worst yeah. force of government except for all the others. Except for all the well, others. I, yeah, I right? had this epiphany recently because one of the reasons I, I took my I became a consultant, took my show on the road was because I wanted to be able to pick and choose my clients. Yeah. And be able to walk away from them. Right. Yeah. And, and have the conversation up front saying, Listen, this is how I do things. Yeah. I'm gonna help you out if you're ready to hear what I've got to say. Yeah. Right. Um and Along the way, I've, I've, I've kind of thought, I felt for the longest time that it's something about me and my karma that I just keep ending up with these psychopathic companies <laughs> that, that simply do not grasp where their yeah. true self-interest lay, Yeah. right? And even if you tell them, they're yeah. like, la, 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 I don't yeah. want to hear what you've got to say. I've got my own ideas, and, yeah. you know, and, and I've come to realize it isn't me. Mm. They're all like that. You know, or it's at least the rule, not the exception. Like, like companies are just that messed up. I mean, I talk about how being an ops leadership consultant mm. is all about the human aspect of mm. things, which most important of which is the, the owners and the managers and their egos, mm. right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't change the fact that it's really tough to kind of pop that balloon and let the air come out slowly mm. and, and just without popping it, right? That's sorry. Yeah, you wanted yeah, to I'm done. That segues really nicely into the next question I want to ask you guys. Hmm. Okay, so we talked about starting starting young, hmm. mid teens. Yeah, identifying where where maybe not even mid teens, but at the beginning of your journey. Hmm. 
and identifying, okay, a long-term goal and then being strategic about like, you know, we, we talked about, yeah, get a trade, mm-hmm. just get a trade, whatever it is. And that's your fallback. That's always something you can do. And then you start building, working towards that, that long-term goal. So in that process, you're going to get bad jobs. Mm-hmm. Like not every job is going to be a, like, <clears throat> this is a really awesome place. Sometimes a certain place is a transition. Mm-hmm. And you know that, okay, look, I'm only going to be here because this company is kind of dysfunctional in various ways, whatever. Discovering that dysfunction. Mm-hmm. What are the red flags that you would give to a young person starting out to say, okay, it is, this is not a good organization. As soon as you start seeing these characteristics, make your exit plan. Well, I mean, again, that's my bread and butter. This is what I do. Okay. Right. Um, give, give me, give me your top three. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you, I'll tell you my KPIs. Okay. Going into any company. Yeah. Right? It's the bathrooms, the lunchrooms, the smoking areas. Okay. So if you so if, if you're a kid and you're interviewing, yeah. ask you to go to the bathroom. Right. Or or buff after the interview. Yeah. Say I need can I use your washroom? And then yeah. Okay, so what are you looking for? This is good. I like so this. You, this is good. if you if you go into a washroom and yeah, a, yeah. so how many are there? Uh-huh. Right? Go into a stall. Look at the sinks. Because it, what we Okay, so about, hand, back up. So that would be something you would ask in an interview. How many bathrooms do you have? Yeah. And then you'd cross-reference that with how many well, employees again, they a, have? Well, again, as a consultant, this is what I do. Right. So right? Th- would th- like say yeah. if, if a guy's let's in an interview, numbers. like let's face it, an interview, yeah. they're not just finding out about you. You're finding out about them. Absolutely. So would you recommend that this is a question that a young person should ask at every interview? How many employees do you have in this facility? Yeah. And then at another point, so that they're not making an obvious yep. you know, connection and hedging their answer, at a later time, you ask, um, how many bathrooms? Or like, hey, can I borrow a bathroom? Yes. How many do you have in this building? Or you can ask and the question, then you, you ask for you a tour, them. right? You ask for a okay. tour. Yeah. And, and you, these are the things you note, right? Oh, because okay. these are part, all three of these things are part of the unspoken contract yes. between employer and employee. What is the employer 100%. providing? Right? Yeah. And how are the employees treating it in return? Which speaks m- so much about the culture. About the culture, okay. Right? That feedback loop of positivity, yeah. right? Or so, not. Okay. So if, if, and I've been there, like, there was one company, you know, they had four stalls in the men's bathroom. Yeah. And I went into one of them and the toilet was plugged. Mm-hmm. Right? And so what kind of literal asshole mm-hmm. plugs the toilet and walks away from it? Was there a plunger available? There was not. Aha. That becomes the next question. That's right, yeah. Right? So if you plug it the toilet, what do you do? So yeah. that right there yeah. is, so what is that relationship with an employer-employee? Yeah. Right? You know, now, is there a plunger? Is there a toilet brush? Yeah. Right? Because that's, now that's next level stuff. If you're the type of person that will actually take a shit and clean the clean, bowl clean the clean bowl behind after yourself so yeah. the next person not staring at your your mess what's yeah. what the residual yeah, yeah. right what likewise else do you look for in the bathroom well i mean we talked about this i can't remember what was on air last time it's like you know is it clean mm-hmm. are the floors clean um are the trash cans full mm-hmm. are all the supplies replenished right would um, you would you put anything into the appearance like uh, not just clean but like is there if there's a hole in a drywall? Yeah, exactly. Does it get repaired. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, what is the yeah. overall 
state of the place. Like, so is, yeah, is 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 there tile along? Like, was there an attempt made to decorate? Or yeah, this is an odd thing to say, but like, is it just plain walls, or is there trim on the floor? Is there tiling? Is there is it a naked light bulb hanging yeah, from the ceiling? Exactly. Or is there a All these things. Does it? Is it? So. Is it as not as good as your home, mm. but is it is, is it acceptable? Yeah, you know? yeah. Is is was there an attempt to make it human? Yeah. So that's something you look for, eh? Yeah. Okay. Likewise, lunchrooms, okay. right? If you go right. to a lunchroom, look in the fridge. Is it full of moldy shit? Right. right. Is the sink full of dishes that nobody right. nobody yeah. bothers to wash? Like, yeah. Um. You know. So. One client I went to, so they'd grown exponentially over three years, right? Yeah. And at one point, their lunchroom was big enough for all the staff they had. But now they've got triple the staff. Mm-hmm. Still only one lunchroom. Right. So at this point, the staff, uh, two-thirds of them don't even go. And actually, more than two-thirds because the lunchroom's not often full. Right. Because they're eating at their stations or they're leaving, mm-hmm. right? Not only that, and it's kept clean. Mm-hmm. But the chairs... Mm-hmm. There's a mishmash of chairs. It's like old boardroom and office mm. chairs that they brought down. Some of them are broken. Right. You know, like they're still functional, but, you know. So, again, I'm, I'm looking at this and and you hit the nail on the head earlier. Like how many washrooms do they have? Right. How many are male? How many are female these days? How What's many a are good ratio? Sets, right? What's a good ratio? I wouldn't I mean, know. It's, it's tough to call. So, you know, presumably if I'm going to be a consultant, I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be observing, right? How many times are people going to the lavatory? Um, I'm wondering, while you keep talking, I'm going to look that, I'm going to look that up. I mean, there's probably... I need uh, to see what, if there's a regulation I can find. There's probably a business standard. Anyways, like best practice, mm-hmm. right? The other thing, uh, another couple of things... Do they pay for coffee breaks or not? Mm-hmm. Right? Because you know your culture is going to suck if you're not paying for coffee breaks. Right? Because your workers are going to be looking at the rest of the frig... It, even in the rest of the province of Alberta, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty much an assumption that at least you're going to get 15-minute paid coffee breaks. Two of them. Yeah, every, generally. For an yeah, eight-hour yeah. shift. Yeah. Right? Um, and bank time. Any any employer that uh, relies on bank time, yeah, hundred percent of the time, I found that they've also got just questionable operation. Not not ethically, but just competently, they they've got their operational practices are, are just out to lunch. Yeah, right? I, I had I had one uh, one company I drove for um, locally in town here. They're not around anymore, but they had, mm-hmm. that was the only I think company I've ever worked for that had bank time instead of just paying overtime. I've run into right. it a few times, and and, uh, and as a counterpoint to to lunchroom cons- conversation, so that you know that the place I was describing there, you know, it's it's fifty one percent at least mm-hmm. good versus forty nine percent at most bad in, in terms of you know how they're taking care of the people okay. with the lunchroom, right? So but- here's, here's something for you. Um, I'm, I'm pulling up the IATSE 411. IATSE is the uh, International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. Okay. So anybody who works down at the Citadel Theater downtown, okay. All right. uh, I remember they were IATSE. 
and any movie. It's a little star-shaped logo. Okay. Like a, like a, like, you know, you got your little badge yeah. and then you got five things somewhere with I-A-T-S-E on it. You'll see it on the right. final credits of every Hollywood movie. Yeah. Okay. Like SAG is on the left and IATSE is on the right. Yeah. Oh, exactly. yeah, I know the one. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. AFL-CIO is usually in the yep. middle, I think, yeah. Yep. So uh, you'll see that. Now, their standards. Now, this is what they require um, in their contracts. Minimum of one toilet for every 15 workers or less. Okay. So if you've got, let's say you've got um, 45 to 60 employees, they want a minimum number of four toilets. Now you're talking about actual toilet bowls. Probably, yes. yeah. Yes. Now, for 61 or more, you should have four plus one additional toilet for each additional group of 15 or fewer workers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that gives you a ratio. One now, to so now, so while we're talking the entertainment industry, which is artsy, so there's that. Yeah. Plus you're talking but, unionized, right? But it so, also gives you a very good standard. Yeah. So let's say you go into an accounting firm or uh, let's say any place that has an office. Mm -hmm. So there's a shop attached to it, but there's also an administrative office attached to it where you've got your, you know, accounts receivable, accounts payable. You've got your shop planners, you know, you've got your HR people, all these people in one wing of the building and you got your shop and your your floor where the, where the money's made on the other side of the building. But it's all in the same facility. So this is a nice yardstick. If they say, well, we've got, how many people you got here? We got 80. So then you would be expecting, okay, say four for up to 60. Mm -hmm. That's another 15. Okay, so you want, you'd expect to see six bowls Mm -hmm. uh, for for your people. Mm -hmm. You would want to see maybe like uh, two washrooms with two stalls in one, three in the other. Mm -hmm. And then say equivalent number of urinals. I'm trying to think. Cause so I'm just trying to think about this ratio as we devolve into the uh, the toilet bowl podcast. But I'm just like the best company I've ever worked for. <laughs> Circling the bowl. The best company I've yeah. ever worked for uh, that uh, in Canada was, was certainly was TriCan. So mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think. In our shop yeah. in Nisku, we probably had at the peak 150 people working out of that shop. Mm-hmm. But... At any given time, two thirds of them are probably in the field, mm-hmm. right? So, so yeah, you're probably looking at a steady so state make, of say fifty people. Yeah, and we had so on the main floor in the office, there was a men's and women's one mm-hmm. molar each mm-hmm. in the shop, which all the field staff there was a locker room in the shop that had two bowls. Yep, right, and and all the field staff had lockers in that locker room as well, in addition to the mechanics that were there the full time. Um, and then there was an upstairs, there were some offices upstairs and there was one more unisex washroom up there. So, and the locker room had two. So yeah. So it was five bowls total for 50 people. Probably. Yeah. And, so and, that and would, Wednesdays would be busier. So that would pass the IATSE standard. Yeah, it would pass. At least for the number yeah. of bowls. Now yeah. you ask your other questions. Are they well-maintained? Are they clean? Yeah. Is there a plunger and a brush available? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Is it just there? Yeah. And with a little, you know, a stand to properly place them, say, under the main counter or something like this, right? So, yeah, that gives you a, a standard that you could work with. And as you say, it just gives you a, a yeah. scale to evaluate them on. And that didn't yeah. count urinals. 
Because the locker room had urinals as well. Yeah, I and I would I would say that uh, you divvy that by half. Yeah. Right. Because generally speaking, well, uh, you should in the men's washrooms there should be a urinal for each bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or, or, sometimes or, you see or more twice your, as many. Yeah. Sometimes you see more, but as a minimum, I would want to see one for one. As a minimum, one for one. Uh, well, minimum. minimum. Yeah, I'd say yeah. one. Well, you could what probably cut down on bowls for, for the men's by having yeah. twice as many urinals. Yeah, probably. You know, Commercial so. washroom tips with radio for your tone. Yeah, that's right. But well, it's a way to it's a way to evaluate: is this a company that I want to get involved with? Yeah. <clears throat> so another one is, and it is a tricky question, kind of. So it's about. So, I, I do want to, sorry to interrupt, go, but I do want go. to say that uh, personally, like mm-hmm. talking about conditions of washrooms, it's one thing like, you know, the office staff are going to like a nice clean, yeah, you know, yeah. the women's yeah. washroom is always nicer than the men's washroom. Yes. Yep. As far as locker rooms go, and this locker room is where I go, because I'm always a blue collar yep. guy, I like a little patina in the locker room. Like a little... Um, if it looks good. Like, like, no, a little, a little... You'd like it to be a little shady, a little sketchy? A little shady, a little... Not quite... Not quite as much light as there should be, you know. A little okay, time, you know? bare concrete floors, yeah, not yeah, a yeah. tile. Yeah, Why? Yeah. Well, because it's a locker room, man. It's not a. Yeah, yeah but so to me, to me, that invites sloth. It's not. It's not a changing room, right? Like your coveralls are hanging there, or your PPE is hanging in your locker, mm-hmm. and you're grabbing to put on. But it's just, you know. So you, you don't. There's, I, not, I, I, there's I get, not soap on the wall. There's fuck, there's hand cleaner, right? So, there's a razor hand cleaner. Yeah, it looks used. Yeah. Right, it looks functional. It looks used. It it's shouldn't not, be it's, filthy. It's not. It's yeah, not. It shouldn't be I think a patina invites filth. It it tells everybody that we don't care whether or not this space is clean or not. Yeah, yeah we, and so we that's... weren't even bothered to paint the concrete floor. Yeah, we care so little uh, about uh, concrete. Yeah, I mean, I don't know concrete. I don't care if it's natural. If tile it, it's it's, it's lino. A little the bit, damn a little thing. bit. Like I say, it's my own personal yeah. preference. You know. I guess no. I I'm kind of the opposite. No. It, or mind you, let's put it this way. I'm looking at it now from management. When I was a worker, I didn't care. No. Yeah. But if I'm management, no, I, I want that place well lit. I want it clean. I want it, I want it to look professional. I want to be able to take my clients through there. Yeah. When I'm trying to sell these things that, yeah, we are professionals and we build quality things. Mm. Well, not just that. And, and again, it speaks to how you yeah. feel about your people. Yeah. Right? I want my people... To, and, and it's a two-way street. Yeah. It's like, I want you to have a decent work environment. Yeah. Right? But yeah. I also expect you to take care of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, it's, like I said, I don't want the place dirty. Yeah. I just don't mind if it, you know, shows its use. Oh. And right? so like, it's... Like, I don't want... I don't want the toilets. And that's the trade-off, mm. right? And that's what we're talking about. You yeah. know, Because what you're talking about, it's more than acceptable. Mm-hmm. And as long as it stays at that level so everyone there's, there's this unspoken yeah. dynamic where people are making sure the paper towel makes it into the trash can. yeah ba, 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 ba. another thing i would suggest if you can be there for shift change if there's more than one shift mm. be there for that right another client right day shift ends at 3 30 evening shift starts 3 30 yeah right buzzer goes the walk of the zombies out the walk of the zombies in yeah right there's no, uh, there's there's no sense of like they don't even know each other, right? Right? They don't communicate. Okay, I'm about to use the workstation you just left. I'm going to say is because shouldn't the walking zombies in come yeah. before the walking like, zombies out? Yeah, right? like is well, you're, you're, you're asking to say right? is to there any certain, kind yeah, of handoff? <clears throat> there is no handoff. 
So you're saying there should be. There should be. If there's no handoff, that that's a red flag for that company. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The other thing is, yeah, you know, and, and again, yeah. this is the most tricky question. It's when you ask about the coffee breaks, you know. Yeah. And see what they say. You know, yeah, yes, we've got them. Yes, they're paid for. Yeah. They're at some such a time, right? Um, if the answer is we don't have coffee breaks per mm. se, like everyone gets coffee, but they're not yeah. scheduled. Yeah. Right? That can be a very good sign. Mm-hmm. It's right. You know what? We trust our people right. to say, okay, now's a good time for a break around this time. Yeah. And as so long as your deliverables are met, we don't care when you break. You know, it's going to yeah. be somewhere between, you know, they're going to be somewhere between 12 and 14 minutes. And, mm-hmm. you know, if the, or, or 12 and 17 minutes, yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it won't fucking matter because we don't worry about those, you know, mm-hmm. those two minutes either way because they, they, they even out. Yeah. Because the staff are all over that. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's shit like that, yeah. right? Um, a, a red flag for me is the shop messy. Yeah. Like if is, do, and when I walk between a pair of lathes, I, I see some old rusted piece of equipment there mm-hmm. that's got a huge amount of dust on it. You know, mm-hmm. that thing hasn't moved yeah. in weeks, if not longer. Yeah. That's a red flag for me. This place is disorganized. Stuff falls through the cracks. That's not a good place to live, uh, to work in. Not just that. The level of dust is, is kind of like... Because companies go, especially in this province, when things are busy, it's like, go, 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 mm-hmm. go, go. Let's get shit done. Yeah. Right? When it slows down, let's lay people off. Mm-hmm. Right? What matters in all that is what's the housekeeping ex- expectations? Yeah. yeah. What does the company expect? <clears throat> and what do the employees expect of themselves? Yeah. Right? If that's not maintained, that's where the dust. It doesn't. Yep. So part of it's the piece of a kit that you're talking about yep. that's there. The other is the dust on it. Yeah. Right. Um. If the company's not allowing for that, right? And and my my advice to employers is if you're not getting your people to take the time to do either, you know, the spot house cleaning on the go, yep. end of shift, or do a deep clean at some point, yep. right? Out in the oil patch, they shut down for, what is it, weeks, months at a mm-hmm. time to do exactly that. Yeah. They they do their testing, they do yeah. their repairs, they do their maintenance, yeah. they do clean up at the same time. If yeah. you can't be bothered to get your pay your people to do that, when it, I took over management, this is when I was still working for the man, I, I was working for a branch of, of a company here in town, and one of the uh, customer service reps tested me day one. And he showed me out in the warehouse. There was a there was like a, a tall five gallon pail with filled with toluene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do whatever it was it was highly toluene, flammable. Yeah. And yep. it, yep. they used to have a parts cleaning station there, but they mm-hmm. they took that function away. They took the station away. Yeah, but they had and it was just covered with saran wrap with yeah. with uh, with string tied around it, holding over the top. Yeah, right. And the saran wrap was broken. Right. Right? And, and, he, and he just kind of showed it to me, and he just waited to see what I was going to do about it. Right. Right? Because the last manager they had had yeah. had just let that happen. Yeah. And, and it was just one of those things. It's kind of... Just let, you just let it, it slide. just kind of yeah. stayed. Yeah. Right? If, if I can uh, throw... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a plug out here. Um, most shops, automotive shops that I've been to, mm. are all like that. There's an old engine block... Uh, you know, in the corner over here, 
that every pillar in that shop has an agglomeration of crap on either side of it. Like you've got your vehicle bays and then you got your pillars for your lifts, right? Mm -hmm. In between, you cannot walk under car to car to car to car because there's just an agglomeration of crap that Mm -hmm. builds up in those aisles between them. That just stays. And it's there. And and there's, uh, you look in the corners and it's full of dust and garbage and old Mm -hmm. wrappers and whatever. I'm used to this. Go down to Dawson Motors on 97th Street, just north of uh, uh, just north of the Yellowhead. In the summer, their overhead bays doors are open when the weather's really warm. Yeah, and so they allow the fresh air in as their guys are working. You can eat off of that floor. Mm -hmm. That is the cleanest shop you will ever. I mean, I, I cannot. It is on par with brand new multi-million dollar dealership shops, mm. you know, where they have the epoxy floor and the bright light and this sort of thing. And that, Dawson's an old building. Mm. Like that thing's been around since like the seventies or the sixties. Yep. Okay. So it doesn't have any of those modern amenities, but it is incredibly clean. It is decorated with memorabilia of, of the golden age of, of automobiles. Now and, now, and that really made an impression on me. Mm-hmm. When I look at an mm-hmm. automotive shop and there's crap lying around, like old parts, you know, like a block here, you know, like a, um, a differential housing lying around over there, I think, okay, mm-hmm. these guys are really disorganized. And again, big thick layer of dust on it. It's been there for forever and a day. Well, speaking along the same lines, you know, if I go in and there's like <clears throat> empty Tim Hortons cups and yeah. crushed pop cans, yeah. and just, just, on workbenches yeah. and on the floor and just that, 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 everywhere, right? Yep. And so again, it's it's like, okay, well, management lets you do this, yep, right? They let you have the food there or the drink yep. there, right? And so now we're talking about, but what do I expect from you in return? Again, yeah. for me, the principle what of is the leadership culture? is yep. what is the culture is leadership is very simple. It's to expect something of your people. That's expect something of themselves. Yeah, right. And that's where you set that standard. Yeah. I'm like, and re- if, I'm like really? This is... You if know. an organization can't take care of... That's the little things. Yeah. If I come in with a major complex job, like I need you to redo the timing chain on my vehicle, yeah. or I want you to re-gear my differential, yeah. you can't even handle the small things. Yeah. How can I trust you with the big things? Yeah. I can't trust your people to do it because look at, look yeah. at, the, look at the sloth. Yeah. You're right? shocked. And I can't, can't even handle a basic cleanup. And you can't even lead them. Yeah. But I'm not talking managing. I'm talking leading. Yeah. Right? We're like whatever. As, a, as an organization, they're not up to that small, tiny task. Yeah. And now I'm asking them to do something which is worth $8,000 to me, which to yeah. me is a lot of money. Yeah. Now I have got skin in this game. Yeah. And you can't even keep your place clean. Yeah. Uh, I'm moving on. I'm going to go find quotes somewhere else. Yeah. So that, that to me is another one. Um, again, from my own experience, does the company follow its own rules? And like, this is something you only discover once you've been there for a little while. Mm -hmm. This is to me, like when you, when you have to start making a, um, uh, uh, an escape plan or like a, uh, what do you call it? An exit plan. Mm -hmm. And uh, the example I'll give is when I worked at, um, they don't exist anymore. So I can name the name Bucyrus. They were dealing with, uh, uh, parts for their great big, um, excavators Mm -hmm. and rope shovels working up in Fort Mac. Well, 
Fort McMurray calls. They're in a panic. They need this part. Oh my God. And yeah, I get it. Their opportunity costs at that time were like $300,000 an hour for every time one of those rope shovels was down. Okay, mm-hmm. right. So we got a part that's worth $35,000. We need to move it. Comes in at night. The sales staff were never properly trained in SAP. Mm-hmm. And again, training I'm shocked. costs money. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's not production. Tra- training costs money. Training, co- training is not production. Yeah. Training is not billable. Yeah. So com- companies never want to do it. So then you get the sales force. The sales force doesn't know how to prosecute the sales order. Mm-hmm. They know how to get it started, but they don't know how to finish it, and they mm-hmm. don't know how to complete it, and they can't get it to work. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. The sales guy calls up the warehouse says, you got to move this part. Like it has got to go in the next two hours. Mm-hmm. Has to move. Yep. Okay. So the warehouse guy gets in there and you know, he's making twenty two fifty an hour and he gets in and okay, well, there's no sales order in the system. I, I can't make a pick ticket for this. Mm-hmm. I don't care. The customer needs this. You have got to move it. Mm-hmm. And big boss man gets involved. Like the guy who runs the joint says, yeah, man, this is a major like, you know, this is Imperial Oil, man. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're a big account. We need to move this part. Okay, great. Okay. So the guy finds the part. Okay. I can't, I can't generate a pick for it. And that means I can't generate a... Packing slip. Uh, yeah, a shipping notice for it. But okay, fine. I'll do it all up manually and I'll send it out the door and I'll call the courier. Off it goes. Yeah. But that means we can't take it out of inventory. Yeah. And we can invoice for it. Mm-hmm. And then later on, our customer is going to be mad at us. Like, hey, man, it's been like three months. Where the hell's the invoice? I need to yep. pay for this stupid thing. Or worse, customer doesn't ask. Yeah. And, and a year yep. later, someone's uh, doing yep. an inventory check. Yep. Hey, what happened to that $3,500 yep. thing? Or, or better yet, do the annual inventory. And my piece of paper says I'm supposed to have three of these giant metric widgets mm-hmm. and i go out into the location in the laydown, and there's none mm-hmm. what the hell mm-hmm. and that experience now of course they have this warehouse manager who was there for like a decade who let that stuff happen mm-hmm. so i yeah, don't worry about that i know where it is yeah it's it's yeah. no she had no idea where it was and so then of course um they had, they merged, they got bought out by Caterpillar mm-hmm. and Caterpillar wanted to clean all that stuff up. So they quietly moved the warehouse manager to another department, moved me into managing that warehouse. And so then I put my foot down and I said, we're not shipping anything without a proper sales order. Mm-hmm. Unless I get buy-in from a manager who has the authority to write that thing off. Mm-hmm. And of course, each manager had like a certain write-off authority. Mm-hmm. And so I'd say, if, okay, so I need the general manager for all of Alberta to, like, I'm going to call him and I'm going to ask if I can send this without a proper sales order. If you, if the sales guy refuses, no, I can't. I don't have time. Okay. I'm going to call big boss man. Mm-hmm. Once I ended up calling uh, the, <laughs> the VP of all in North America. Because mm-hmm. I couldn't find it. It was on a Saturday and I couldn't find anybody. Nobody was answering their phone. So I just kept going up the chain. And I, I, the guy was on a golf course. Mm-hmm. And you know, when he answers his phone, who are you? I said, this is what I'm doing. This is the policy. It's okay. I'll sign off on that. 
And then, of course, Monday morning, he started making some phone calls and everyone got really mad. But the way it all ended at the end of the day is I got fired. Well, of course. Yeah. Right? Because everything you're yep. talking about, every, it, it's, it's the failure to see value where they see cost. Yeah. Well, right? that company had been doing workarounds for so long mm-hmm. that that became the norm. And they didn't know how to follow their own policy. And that was a real, that is a, 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 like a, a big thing in my life experience now. Mm-hmm. I judge a company, once I'm working there and I pass my 90 day, yeah. uh, you know, what do you, what do you call that? The 90 day probation. probation, yeah. So I'm a part of this organization. If I start noticing that they don't follow their own rules mm-hmm. when you say hey man uh i thought uh, like in the little orientation there or like you know like when i look at the company-wide emails it says it's supposed to do this and this why aren't we doing that and somebody's ah oh, like don't worry about that like nobody's got time for that crap yeah that to me 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 absolutely me, because i start brushing up my resume no again i'll uh, i'll temper that statement because you know for me it's rules are are there for a reason yeah it's are. the intent yeah. is the intent being met yeah right and that allows for some exceptions as long as the intent is met. And in very Ooh, short, in I, don't, very I short, wouldn't even say that. In very short order, right? It's like, okay, listen, here's the big boss man comes up. Yeah. Listen, I get it. You need a paper trail. We need a paper trail. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Right? This fucking thing needs to go out. We're all over this. We're all going to keep talking, mm-hmm. right? Salesperson's going to take 20 minutes to get this written up, yeah. but the courier is here now. Yeah. All right? So, where you're going to handwrite something, you're going to get someone yep. to sign for it, you're going to ship it with it, and then all the official paperwork's going to yep. go through all the channels before it gets to where it's going. Yeah. Oh, right? but that, that never... You know what I mean? Yeah, but in, in realistic <clears throat> terms, we've both worked in purchasing. Yeah. We've both worked in, in, in inventory. That never happens. It, no, it, it can with the right organization. Uh, I've right? never and seen like it. I'm saying, never that seen one, it. That one company I worked for, that uh, it's, it was the best mm-hmm. of the best. Yeah. Right? And... Strangely enough, it was a welding shop. It was a union shop. Yeah. And the best union uh, management relationship I've ever seen. What, uh, what was the union? Boilermakers? Uh, no, it was uh, welders, welders and pipe fitters. Oh, okay. Yep. Right? Um, yeah, IA is, is more... Well, no, they're pipe fitters. Pipe fitters and welders, yeah. Okay, anyway, go on. Go so, on. Uh, so I have seen yep. it, right? And that's, that's always the way I've been yep. working. Right, it's it's always okay. Is the intent being met? And the funny thing was when you said, and good for you, you mm-hmm. stepped in there and you said, okay, I'm not going to do this unless someone with the authority to write something off steps up to the plate. Right? Yeah. Which, to me, because I always talk about what's the immediate need, mm-hmm. and what's 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 the root cause of that yeah. immediate need, right? Yeah. So, yeah, a guy. Yes, I've got the authority to write off. So yeah, the unspoken statement there mm-hmm. is there's the risk of this thing being written off mm-hmm. right and we're accepting that right so you in your position well this is going to get ri- this risk getting written off mm-hmm. really so the solution i'm looking for is someone who's going to sign off on it getting written off yeah if slash when it does as opposed to listen the intent of our procedures mm-hmm. is that they get followed so that this actually gets accounted yeah. for there's a paper trail the whole way along yeah. and we get paid for it yeah right? and ultimately like um that company like Bucyrus, got acquired mm-hmm. they 
they got bought out by a bigger firm because yeah, they were eating so much in, in inventory. Mm-hmm. You know, they just, yeah, there's a reason why that company doesn't exist anymore. There's mm-hmm. a reason why. And a whole, all the workforce got dispersed and a bunch of people lost their jobs because mm-hmm. it was, it was a sick organization. It just wasn't functional. And like I said, yeah, that in my experience now yeah. is the rule, not the exception, right? It's, and it happens when, when you go from small to medium. Mm-hmm. Once mm-hmm. you get to medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what when you got fall more apart. layers, yeah, right. Yeah. Because that Cyrus is actually pretty big, though. It was huge. Yeah, it was like, huge. But you think like, like the North American mining market? Because I did yep. a job a couple of jobs for Bruce Cyrus yep. up at Syncrude. Yep. Uh, when I worked at TriCad, literally yep. uh, uh, doing some some shovel repairs up there, and they needed yep. uh, the big central axis yep. pin on the shovels. Yeah. Was a was a interference fit. Yep. And so. They had one that broke one time, so they, and they had trouble because they they were getting like tanks of liquid nitrogen from yep. from the Syncrude's plant, yep. and it just wasn't working out. They couldn't get it. Yep. So they're like, "Fuck it, just get a truck." Yeah. So I go up there and we do our thing, and because uh, TriCan at the time had an industrial yep. pipeline yep. Uh, division as well, so Syncrude, so you were trucking up a new one, uh, like a Carter arm. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. I took up the nitrogen. Oh, okay. Oh, so they're using small amounts of nitrogen and said, F it, we need a bigger one. Yeah, we need yeah. we need a constant flow of nitrogen. Right, right. Just keep this thing shrink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So whatever. I so I did this three or four times for them, but like so but like I came to talking to these guys, mm-hmm. like the mechanics, I think we're all American. I don't think mm-hmm. maybe one or two of them are Canadian, but they're mostly yep. American for Bruce Yes, and they're talking about all the operations in like South America. Yep. There was a guy, they had a specific set of jacks because they were trying to separate yep. like the, they're trying to separate what they call the car body, which was actually yep. the tracks yep. from the upper assembly. Yeah, from the cab. From yep. the cab, yeah. Right? Well the the rotating frame. Yeah. 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 Well the yeah, the car body is the bottom with the yeah, jacks yeah. and the Yeah, and exactly. The, yeah, yeah, the yeah. rotating frame that, yeah. that spins on rotates on top of the car body. Yeah. And so they're trying to separate these two halves. So they have a special set of jacks mm-hmm. uh, to lift this thing up, right? Yep. A couple hundred tons and it yep. supports it, lifts the whole body. The guy who operates it was from Chile. I think, yeah. Right? Yep. <laughs> Chile, uh, Busiris Chile was huge because yeah. that's where all the copper mines are. Well, and he wasn't yeah. a Busiris employee. He was an employee of the company that made the jacks. Oh, okay. right. And and so he was all over North and South America and I think wow. even into Europe. Well, Probably, just, just yeah. operating jacks. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like... Push the, yeah. the button, but it was just yeah, it was insane yeah. how crazy. So, so I like that cat bought them out. Okay, yeah. that makes sense to me because they, they made a very specialized project. They right? did like well. They pretty much they, them and uh, PNH, and then yep, there's only them and PNH. That was it. Basically. There was Marion, yeah. which made the giant drag lines, and yeah, yeah. that Bucyrus bought them out. You know the great big crawler that carries the space shuttle mm-hmm. to the to the launching pad in Cape Canaveral. That giant Marion made that thing. Mm. And so then Busiris bought them out. Uh, O&K, Hydraulic Shovels, Busiris bought them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a company that makes a, a big name in cranes. Their name escapes me right now. They had a mining equipment division. Busiris bought them out. Um, P&H and Busiris were buying up everything. Mm-hmm. And so that there was only those two companies uh, involved in, in the market. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> Busiris had to expand... And again, like a lot of companies, they increase market share not by winning customers, but by acquiring competitors. Yep. So they were heavily leveraged. This, uh, they still exist as a crane manufacturer, mm-hmm. but their mining equipment side had a design for an electric mining truck that was going to compete direct with Caterpillar 797. Mm-hmm. 
and it was the exact same weight class. It could do everything that the 797 could do, but at 20% less operating cost. Not uh, com- primarily in not your Komatsu. maintenance. No, it was not Komatsu. Komatsu doesn't have anything that big, or at least they didn't at the time. Uh, they, they do now. Yeah. Komatsu has really stepped into that void. Yeah. Um, but this was at the, at the beginning of electric drive trucks. Okay. And like the 797 is a diesel electric. But um, this, this other truck was, I believe, I could be wrong. Like a pure electric? Or? I think it was pure electric. Right. But it was a real advance. Like uh, it might have been a diesel electric, but it did it in a different way so that it was significantly less maintenance per hours of operation. And that's mm-hmm. where you really got your cost savings. Mm-hmm. So Bucyrus bought out um, this other company and why they, they to acquire those trucks. And then Caterpillar had been trying repeatedly to buy out this truck division because they wanted to shut it down because this would have wiped out. Like Mm. Caterpillar puts a lot of money into mining trucks and that's 797 and the 777s, that's that's their jewel in a crown. So this was an existential threat for them. As soon as Bucyrus acquired this other company, they were so heavily leveraged and so poorly run. I mean, they had expanded so fast globally mm-hmm. over the world. Their, their, the company was just, yeah, like they could manage expansion. They were poorly run, bleeding money. Caterpillar acquired them. And very first thing that was done, there were four trucks in use up in Fort McMurray, mm-hmm. three more that were on blocks in Fort Mackay waiting for tires to come up from uh, California. Mm-hmm. Day one cut up all of them trucks. Not put them in a storage. No, disassemble, cut up the frames. Caterpillar wanted that done. They acquired Bucyrus purely so that they could eliminate that threat to their to their seven oh, That seems short-sighted on Caterpillar's part as opposed to like... <laughs> they, they could have... Not when you consider it. the like, global business that they get. Out yeah, of but they could start to integrate the technology into their own. Yeah, and so... Yeah, but why make <clears throat> your own product obsolete? Yeah, exactly. That's that well, was because be you can point. you can no because you can, you can resell everything if you can like okay this hey, well they we still have they have the intellectual property yeah so that when the day comes that somebody else creates a new technology that makes the diesel electric obsolete yeah then okay they still have this that they can then roll out yeah as soon as the seven nine seven can no longer compete with the Komatsus of the world yeah. Then okay, but, but in uh, the meantime, you've got if you can proactively say, okay, well, the seven nine seven is now. Hey, next year seven nine seven, we know you got a couple of trucks to replace no, in your mind. I, next year yeah. seven nine seven could be fifteen percent. I'm with him. The new tech. Yeah, I'm with I'm with Patty on this. The new technology was a moneymaker for the company that developed it to yeah. be in competition with Caterpillar. Yeah. It was not a moneymaker for Caterpillar for Caterpillar that already had an established product. Already had a massive business just, in maintaining that you, product. If you if you if you take that over, like take that expense, buy all that up because you know, it's not like they bought Bucyrus for pennies. No, they did not. Right? No. They did not. No, but is, here's here's the you analogy. take that opportunity, take that stuff. You can improve your own product. But if yeah, you don't, but, if you don't take that, yeah, but you've already got all the physical plant there. that went into the seven nine seven, the seven seven sevens is I already paid for. I don't have to change a thing. I You're just keep, making money. Be, That's pure profit now. Here's the exact. I, I see your points. Like, like there's, there's, there's not. Once you've, once you've secured your place, there's nothing in it. There's yeah. no, there's no incentive. There's no incentive. So to here's 
make it obsolete. Here's the uh, excessive analogy, right? Someone develops uh, a way to run uh, cars off of water, Mm -hmm. right? The oil and gas industry is going to buy that up. I would say oil and gas. I I would say the automakers. I was going to say his name was James Watt, but anyway. Yeah. Well, no, but I mean, (laughs) to replace gasoline, right? Yeah. So now the oil and gas yeah. industry is going, well, this sucks. Well, right? I would you say know? the automakers. So, well, let's say hypothetically. Their, their entire system is set up around internal combustion. The German industry has zero interest in replacing diesel. They are the best diesel engine manufacturers mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. They, do, they really don't want to see. Like, look at how Toyota is fighting EVs. Yeah. They're evidently they're changing now because they've developed some some new battery solid state battery technology. Or are that like. they really invested big in hydrogen? Yeah, because it's it's similar to it'll cause less disruption to their capital expenditure if they can if they can still say I mean a fuel based vehicle whatever that fuel is yeah. is going to be less disruptive to their manufacturing process or they require less but retooling if, if, if you're cha- than if, if you're you just saying, go to complete if you're EV. saying with internal combustion but. I think most things are just going to go electric drive now. Um, yeah, the only question is, how is the electricity going to be generated? Well, the, is it going to be by battery or by some kind of engine fuel cell? That yeah, yeah, to generate? yeah. Well, right? not like, just that, that. There's still the rare earth uh, question for all the batteries that are yeah, involved in all yeah, this, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. But uh, like um, the great uh, YouTube channel engineer explained, he, was, yeah. he went through uh, BMW. Because uh, talking about hydrogen, yeah. of course, the, the, the most popular way to yeah. use hydrogen either with internal combustion or with fuel cells, yeah. is compressed. Yeah. BMW, and I've always been, because I've worked with cryogenic liquids yeah. for a decade, yeah. I've always been, well, why don't we just put a cryogenic tank in it? Then you have basically, I think with hydrogen, is about yeah. 900 times more hydrogen in the tank for the yeah. same volume than you do. By that. making it super cold. Yeah, yeah. By, okay. by, just yep. by liquefying it, right? Yeah. And yeah. hydrogen is minus 245, minus 250 Celsius, so it's really yeah. cold. Yeah. Nitrogen... Uh, oxygen actually condenses the earliest, I think, minus 180. Nitrogen yeah, yeah, yeah. is yeah. minus 196 Celsius. Yeah. Celsius. Yeah. Hydrogen is really cold, so it creates problems. Okay. BMW tried this. So they yeah. came, they built some cryogenic tanks. They put them in a, like a 7-series sedan. Yeah. They, and it was an internal combustion one. Their biggest problem was that, of course, um, regardless of how well insulated your tanks are, there's going to be an effect from outside. Um, yeah. And, and so they you're found they're gonna get temperature gain. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna get temperature gain, and of course, then then you have pressure relief valves in the tank because yeah. the product as it warms up expands. Yeah. And they found that like in this in this seven series, if if you left it, if you went on a business trip trip for a weekend, you parked it full, it would probably be empty in oh, wow. in like eight days, seven wow. to eight days. So you, I'm like, okay, so it's not great for passenger cars, but the use case for trucks. Mm. Right, because high fuel cell trucks is, are starting to get big in yeah, Australia yeah. and sure. in Asia. Because this case yeah. for trucks, yeah. trucks Australia are always moving. Yep. They're always moving, right? Yeah, you know, like a truck is parked for the weekend. Yeah, so you just got to keep the tank cold yeah. enough yeah. in there to keep the tank cold, and then you. How about an up. airplane, like a big passenger the, or a cargo the, jet? The problem is that kind of tank is really heavy. Uh, right. Okay. But fair enough. Anyway, guys, but we're kind of off topic. Yeah, I want to <laughs> ask you now to the next stage. We've, we've, oh, sorry. You want to you get a dart? Okay. Uh, just a preview so you get something to think about while you're having your dart. Yeah. Personal life. Dating. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, personal you, life, okay. dating. 
so I, I'm going to take those as two separate statements briefly, okay. right? Because yep. there were some things you said off the bat that you talked about um, right. getting your driver's license, uh, getting your own apartment, mm. uh, stuff like that, learning how to live independently, yep. right? And my experience, and I had this conversation with a young fellow Kids the other day. Just, they aren't. They right. aren't, no. Literally, and I, I always said to myself, I would never say kids these days, but, they are. right? My, sister, so, my sister's got three girls, all of whom, the youngest of whom is now, I think, 23. The oldest is tw- almost 27. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. All three live at home. Yeah. Right? So it's... Right. it's that, But a lot of it is they don't have the means. Well, that's no, the of it. Yeah. And this is why I was saying you need that trade. Yeah. Because if you're if your work experience like you come out of high school like you're studying or whatever, um, the only skills you have to offer to the workplace are service industry. Mm-hmm. You're still going to be living at home. Yep. Yeah. You will be well, living at home. Especially these days, not but that now, and you won't have a car. Now we risk reverting into our usual socialist versus fascist yeah. bullshit, right? Yeah. So I don't, I don't want to go there right now. Um, but that's but. I would argue the reverse as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you need a car mm-hmm. or a vehicle to be yes, able to you perform do. your trade, right? And uh, the first step to after that... After the first couple of years, yes, you do. Well, I mean, Definitely. there's... 100%. Yeah. There's a certain amount of independence and self-sufficiency that comes with that. And as, yeah. a, as a business, yeah. if you're a plumber, you need to be... You don't get oh, to yeah, be yeah, taking absolutely. those things yeah. on the bus, right? So... Yeah. Um, if if but, you're going to run your own business, yeah. Right. But like as a first-year apprentice, you're going to be in a uh, service truck. Yeah, but once you get to that... That point, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get you're what you're saying. Yeah, and but it's it's the getting of the license is the first step to that. And mm-hmm. to us, that was a rite of passage. Yeah, right. As soon as you had that chance, mm-hmm. you got that license, right? Fuck it, I had two speeding tickets in the first week I had my license, <laughs> right? You know, like it, it's just yeah, it was yeah. like yeah, baby. Yeah. And it, so I mean, there, there's there's an element of that that's going on. So I I, I agree a hundred percent with you. Mm-hmm. That if you are a young person these days, mm-hmm. and you actually go and do those things, get a vehicle, yep. get your own apartment, right? Yep. You are now light years ahead of anyone else. Yes. Of your generation. Yeah. Because you you know what independence and self sufficiency. Well, look also like. what we're talking about here is a different is a different approach to that. We're not saying getting an apartment like when we were kids, or maybe even our parents. Getting an apartment was the end state. Mm-hmm. You wanted to have your own place. Mm-hmm. You get a car. You get a driver's license because you want to have a car. The car is the end state. Yeah, those were the goals unto themselves. Right. We're talking in this conversation a little different. Mm-hmm. We're saying you get your own apartment because it will accomplish something for you. It's but going it, to give. It's going yeah. to teach you independence. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's good to have your own spot. It's good to have your own place, but. There's another value added to it. You want your driver's license because you want a car because that car is now a tool that's going to enable other things for you. Exactly. The car's not the end state. The car's a tool. And that's where we're a little different in the way, in the advice we're giving than maybe what was given to us when we were 15, 16 years old. But I think we are passing on the same advice. That's where I'm going with this. Yeah? It's like I'm saying to these kids these days Listen, yeah, kids these days you go and do these things mm-hmm. they are things unto themselves yeah you will become a stronger person for having done them mm-hmm. right and that becomes the tool you move forward with the same as it did with us right, right? yeah when it comes to personal life again it's a sliding scale mm-hmm. right because there's plenty i would 
I would say, but I have to open with, I am glad I am not a young man today. Oh, right. Like as far as dating is concerned. As as far as any, any, anything to do remotely with interacting with anyone on that level. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, uh, with me too, with, um, just the, 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 the approach to, you know, men being bad, boys being bad, uh, toxic masculinity, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, holy shit. It took me literally until I was 40 mm-hmm. to actually get over all the hangups I had mm-hmm. with trying to interact with those I was interested in. For me, that was women, right? Mm-hmm. To get past all those hangups mm-hmm. took me till I was 40, right? And that was without all of the extra things going on right now. I right? still have all those hangups. <laughs> I can't okay. Like it. Where does this guy go to meet girls? He's 18, 19, 20, 21. So I'm, I, think, I think the lasting relationships uh, are still coming from like the traditional pre-internet days. Like the internet, internet dating is, is pretty bad, pretty toxic. Can we all agree? Stay away from Tinder. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tinder's. Stay away Actually, from Match, from internet dating, from dating apps. Toxic. I, it's... It's hard. It's, it's, I, it, I, I agree with you. I don't agree it's toxic. I do agree it's hard. Now, yeah. it's been... But Tinder, Tinder's a hookup app. Oh, it's not a relationship app. All no, I, I of these apps are meant to keep you single. Yeah. Well, I know because they're designed to keep you on the platform, right? That's right. I know yeah. a young fellow who uses it, and but his aim is for long-term relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he has gotten... He had one long-term relationship come out of that. So how, how, over how many years? And how long was that relationship? The relationship was five, six years long. Okay. Right. Um, how long was he on Tinder before he made that long-term, before I, he made that relationship? I can't speak to that. Right. Because, because you, you named yeah. the ones that I was using 20 years ago, 15, yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah. Right. Well, just um, match. Yeah. I think they've, there I think, were a bunch. Like them, I think right? they have all been acquired by Match. There was a variety of like there was Match. There was plenty of fish. There yeah. was OK Cupid. I know um, plenty of fish still exist, but it, but it's owned well, by Match. Yeah, it could be. And I believe uh, OK Cupid still exists, yeah. but it's owned by Match. Right. Everything, so far as I know, everything except Tinder and Bumble are owned by Match. And they're they're a completely different model, as far as I understand it. Bumble is kind of like Tinder, but only girls can send messages. Or only 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 females can initiate the message, hmm. far as I know. Hmm. But Bumble is just uh, basically Tinder. It's just was designed by a former female employee of Tinder, yeah. who wanted something that was a little bit more female friendly, interesting than, than Tinder. Well, so but I'm actually going to return to your question and kind of mm-hmm. turn it on its head. Where's the best place? There is no best place mm-hmm. as such. My advice would be, um, you have to start with yourself. Mm-hmm. And this is what I went through at 40, okay. right? Uh, I was going through a divorce at the time, and somehow something clicked in me, unlike any other time in my life mm-hmm. before or since, where I went, well, this is bullshit. I'm not being treated right here. Mm-hmm. And I did not internalize that. Mm-hmm. I, I managed to say, okay, that's all out there. And I decided I have X amount of sex life in me, so I'm going to start 
I'm just going to start dating and not have any hangups about mm -hmm. this, right? And at the same time, I started looking up, you know, like what are great foods to eat to boost testosterone? What are good workouts, you know? Mm -hmm. And and strangely, that went in weird directions. Like, and all yeah, of a sudden, I'm yeah. doing yoga, <laughs> you know, like and, and <laughs> med yoga and meditating <laughs> like, oh, and <laughs> and and self reiki yeah. and stuff like yeah, that, right? Yeah. So, but all these things, yeah. <clears throat> and you know, and one of the simple statements and. Yeah, there's plenty of memes that have come out since then. It's just you cannot love anyone, mm -hmm. and no one can love you Not if you don't love until yourself, you yeah. until Value you love yourself. yourself right? Yeah. So, uh, so that was the exercise I went through. Yeah, I didn't realize it at the time, fully. Yeah, right. I started out with that statement in my head, but you know, that's what I started doing. And what I found was, you know, by working out, um, and, and then you include things like what we got out of the military in a lot of ways, just. Mm -hmm bearing and posture and mm. stuff like so all these things combined um i talked about reiki and so there was a co-worker who was into that stuff and i said well i've heard about this reiki thing what is it right and she said hmm take your hands put them this far apart mm -hmm. palms facing each other now shoulder them. width for now listening. push them towards each other take them away do you feel that and i was like holy shit right do you feel do you feel an energy between them? I guess. Yeah, right? I guess. So I was like, holy shit. And that's how she explained Reiki. And she said, okay, you start doing this stuff, uh -huh. right? And just, you know, just do what you're doing. Now, next time you go into Safeway uh -huh. and you walk down an aisle, see how people react to you. Just walking yeah, down yeah, an yeah, aisle. Just doing your tan no, stuff just, there. No, not doing that. <laughs> that's the type of energy you're exuding oh. by getting to a good place. Oh, right? okay, okay, okay. And it manifests itself in so many ways. Oh, okay. Right? It's, again, it's all about body language, facial expression. Could but, be. I don't know. But so here's. But the, yeah, body language, facial expression. If you right? feel good about yourself yeah. Absolutely. and you exude a positivity, that draws people. That's why I'm saying it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not going to matter where. Yeah, you meet someone. It's just a, you're going yeah, to yeah, meet, yeah. So, and you're going to click with them, right? Just at, I, at the bare minimum, you do have to go where other people are. Ah, yes, that's <laughs> something I want to. Yeah, wanna absolutely. Talk about. But yeah. so, and, and I may have given you this example before, and again, I apologize if I. But this was a very profound experience mm -hmm. for me, mm -hmm. right? It's about I had a I had a tax appointment H and R Block at Southgate Mall. Yeah, eleven o'clock in the morning. Up to about 10, 10, 15, I was having some loving with a woman. Yep. To our mutual satisfaction. Yep. I go, I park well, at least, Yeah, okay. As far as he's aware. Right? Yeah, I was going to say, that's yeah. what she said. Anyway, uh, how are we supposed to know? That's what she said. <laughs> uh, and so I parked yep. uh, halfway between the liquor store yep. at Southgate and the, south, uh, the yep. north entrance of Southgate. Yep. And I'm walking across the parking lot. And there's a woman. She's getting something out of her trunk. She's rummaging mm -hmm. around in her trunk off to my side but 30 40 feet away mm -hmm. she stops what she's doing she stands up turns looks at me smiles mm -hmm. and i'm like oh that's weird there was absolutely no reason mm -hmm. like I, yeah i read yeah, yeah, people's yeah. behavior right so i go and i sit and at that time h&r block was in the sears yeah off that walkway okay right so i'm sitting outside my cubicle waiting because i was on try on early for something for yeah. once and i swear to you i absolutely swear to you Every woman who walked past in either direction would pause in their steps, slow down, turn, look at me, and smile. Right? And I was just like, 
what the hell Were you is flashing going on big bills? No, big I was dollars? doing I was doing nothing. <laughs> I was doing nothing. a roll of hundreds. <laughs> I was sitting there bored waiting for a tax appointment. There was no yeah. way I was exuding something yeah, that said, okay. "Hey, pay attention well, to me." No, right? I, I shouldn't I shouldn't say that on the What's that? I was going to say, "Are you sure you're wearing a little red face?" <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, <laughs> well, well I, maybe my fly was on down, but there's no way the woman yeah, rummaging yeah. in her trunk would have known that. Right? Well, you know, what, so. what, what I would say for is kind of like, harking back to what you were saying, men or women, take care of yourself. Yeah. yeah. Get um, exercise. Eat well. Okay? Eat well. Eat clean. Yeah. Exercise. I would say to anybody, men or women, find a game. Ideally a sport, because that'll help keep you healthy. Yep. But I appreciate that not everybody likes to do that. Not mm-hmm. everybody likes to do like a high exertion kind of sport. So find a game. Maybe it's golf. Maybe it's curling. But you need to find something that you physically do. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, like <clears throat> one of the things that really struck me in Sweden was their approach that everybody to be a well-balanced person needs an artistic outlet, and an athletic outlet. If you don't have, or like an artistic, not artistic, not just artistic, it could also be intellectual. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have like a discipline you really excel in. It could be art, but it could also be history, whatever. Mm-hmm. Something that's cerebral, creative, cerebral, intellectual, and an athletic outlet. So I would, I would in North America, we're pretty good at the first one. We really neglect the second one. So I would say to everybody, you need something that's going to get you off the couch and get your blood moving. So that goes with the, you know, the taking care of yourself, eating clean, this sort of thing. Then the next one is what I'm saying, or is backs up what Steve was saying. Get out of the house, put down the screen. Yeah. Find some activity that you want to do, be it a volunteer work, a charity you maybe you want to uh, get involved with, maybe you know uh, as a follow-on to your to your uh, athletic interests, maybe a recreational team, you know, uh, like the what, what do you call it? Uh, Edmonton uh, has like a sport and social club, mm-hmm. has a variety of rec teams that are co-ed, you know, a variety of things. Get into your community and get involved in something one night a week. Yeah, volunteer, take a class. Martial arts actually is a yeah. really great yeah. way <clears throat> yeah. to, to get out there. because it, it, Go it's, take a martial arts class. Because there you're yep. going to meet people, but you're, you're also yep. developing yourself. Like, it's talking yep. about, about loving yourself. Social skills. Like yeah, you're, you're interacting with people. This is huge. It's funny that you bring up Sweden, because that was mm-hmm. the other thing that I hearkened back to. When mm-hmm. I was 18, traveling through yep. Europe with Buddy, we ended up in Stockholm. Yeah. I don't know where he was. John. Okay. Right? So John was fucked off somewhere, and I was sitting in the main square in Stockholm, Mm -hmm. 18 years old. And of course, I'm watching the passes by, which means I'm watching all the women pass by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yep. And even then, it struck me. It's it's fascinating that you just said that about that those are the emphases as -hmm. as a society, as a culture. Yeah. Because I was struck with how, because they were all different body types, Mm -hmm. but none were obese. They had a healthy glow about them. They had yep. self-confidence in their body posture, yep. uh, their movement, and they dressed well to their bodies. Yep. So everything about them just exuded. Yep. I'm not, yep. I, I wasn't, I'm not even important. talking about sexy. I was looking at women because they were women. And that's yeah, yeah. Thing. That's what an 18-year-old man does. Yeah. Right? But I was struck by the, this, like every single one of them. And, and again, it was, it was like, 
what's going on here? Yeah. You know, this, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having problems. I'm failing my sanity check yeah. on this, right? Because, yeah. um, so very interesting. Yeah. yeah so that's yeah. kind of the advice, yeah. right? Get, do, be active. Like I said, you, you have to find a game. You got to find a game. You've got to find some kind of a community activity mm-hmm. and you got to devote like, so like one night a week to each. And then I would say that's where dating is going to take care of itself. Yeah. Do the things you love doing and you will meet somebody through that. Maybe yeah. not directly. Yeah. Like even if you say, get into something where, uh, let's say you join, uh, <clears throat> let's say you, you involve yourself in some kind of charity work. Like say maybe you're, you're working with an animal shelter. You're doing a dog rescue. And it's, it's so you're a young man, okay? And you get involved with a, with a dog rescue. And it's a sausage party. You're involved with 12 other guys and it's just dudes. Mm-hmm. And you were thinking, oh, I was hoping I was going to meet a girl. No, you're not. But seven of those other guys, they're married. And their wives all know single women. Mm-hmm. And so then when you guys get together for your dinners or your barbecues or whatever and 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 Buddy's wife drops off some supper for him because you guys are doing something in the evening or whatever. And she said, well, there's, there's this young man over there. My husband raves about what a good guy he is and what a, what a you know, stand-up individual he is and his good, good qualities and, and such like that, like his, his good character. Well, I, my niece, I would really like her to meet somebody like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you incre- by getting out of the house... Yeah. And increasing your your footprint in the community, the number of people you know, you are networking. Well, and and that is where people <clears throat> will come find. Now, assuming all of this stuff happens concurrently, yeah, he's taking care of his financial requirements. Yeah, you know, like or he or she, yeah, they're financially stable. They've got their own place. Like you've got a young woman. She's out. She's out in the community. She's doing stuff. Um, Buddy sees this and says, hey, man, like, uh, you know, my, my, I, I know my younger brother or whatever would be really cool to meet a gal like that. Oh, but she's still living at home. And she walks everywhere. Mm. Okay, maybe not so much. Let's assume that we're, we're, like, all of this advice is being followed. Mm-hmm. So this person has their purpose. They've got their long-term goal. Yep. They're pursuing it. They've got a secure source, source of income. They're, they, so... They, or they're en route to these things. They yeah, got the they're en route to that long-term yeah. goal. They've got that ticket. And that, that advice for about the ticket, that applies to women too. Mm-hmm. That 100%. 100%. So they, they've got their stuff together in, the, in that side. They're, they're taking care of their, their health. So when they get involved in the community, get off the couch, start meeting more people, dating is going to, to take care of itself in that regard, and in a way that I think that the internet cannot meet. No, absolutely not. Because, because you're going to learn about more than just the person's you're, looks. Well, yeah, you're, you're a real person, they're a real person, you're, you're putting out whatever vibes, yeah, it's real. It's, it's, yeah, there's no way the internet can do that. I, I'd add to that as well, advice, and, and again, this is, it's, you know, men, women, whatever mm-hmm. floats your boat, you know, whatever turns you on whoever yeah. and and basically it comes down to but this is where gender doesn't even matter right it's just whatever vibe you get with whoever at that level right always keep in mind and this is more than just dating this is you and life mm-hmm. it's right 
everybody out there. You're looking at people. You're feeling a certain way about yourself. You're looking at other people and you're, you're seeing them in a certain way as well. Everybody else, it's, it's, it's a sliding scale, so it's not identical. But everybody out there is going through the same thing one way or another that you are. They have doubts. Mm-hmm. They don't know. Mm-hmm. They don't have all the answers. Working right? with imperfect information. Right. You know, yep. the, you know the, the only difference is, you know, their comfort zones, what they're willing to do, what they, you know, yep. here's, here's a bit of advice. And I, I did this, <clears throat> I remember I was, in, I was in Vancouver and I was single and I was uh, on Kitts Beach mm-hmm. and there was, you know, I'd, again, and again, looking at the girls, looking at the girls and there was one woman and, and I thought I caught her eye and she yeah. got my, you know, like a couple of times and we both got up and left the beach at about the same time and ended up and we're waiting for a pedestrian crossing and I, and I just said to myself, you know what? I'm going to try this, mm-hmm. right? I'm not going to be scared. And I said to her, excuse me, would you like to go for a coffee? And she looked at me and just gave this look that, that mm-hmm. was so obvious. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. But I was, and, and there were tons of people around yeah. all waiting yeah. for the same pedestrian light. Yeah. Right. But I was not flustered by that. Yeah. Right. I was a bit. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But the 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 biggest prof- most profound thing I came out of that with was I asked the question. She said no, and I survived. I had an almost oh sorry finish. No, I'm done. I mean, that's... I had an almost identical experience where uh, again this was much later in my life. Mm. For the longest time, I would admire from afar, mm-hmm. and I would never get the courage to to ask her out because I was always afraid. Because deep down, I, 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 yeah, she's not gonna say, she's not gonna say yes, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna get that rejection. How am mm-hmm. I gonna deal with that? And uh, yeah, it was much later in my life where I finally said, I asked her out, and yeah, I got no. <laughs> but I was, it was so liberating, yeah, because it was such a nice change of pace. Like for the longest time, it would this process would be months. Yeah. Where I'm trying to get to know her, trying to present my my you know my better self to her, hoping that you know we're going to be building towards something, you mm-hmm. know, like she's going to, because I believed all of that crap that popular culture gave at the time yeah. that that the only thing that women <clears throat> valued was your character, mm-hmm. and so I was trying to present that, hoping that you know she would see me as as a suitable partner, and then trying to read her cues, mm-hmm. uh, which is impossible for young men mm-hmm. um, like does she like me or is she just being polite I'm trying to figure all that out whereas I had accomplished that in five minutes yeah now I got a no answer but yeah. I was I was really proud of myself to say man I finally had the guts yeah to throw it out there and okay yeah it it sucks getting rejection and yeah that that wasn't the answer I wanted but I'm not going to be left in limbo yeah, so for months. You're not, does she like me? Does she not like me? You're not stuck in this fantasy. I can move about, on now. Yeah, yeah yep. you can move on. Yep. Right? The other thing was, it's not, and it's strange to say it, it's not fear of failure. Yep. It's actual failure. Yes. Right? But you survive it. So, a couple yep. of things, a couple of things. Yeah, the fear of failure, I think, is worse than the actual failure. Yeah. yeah. I think so, Elon, Elon Musk's admonition to fail quickly and learn from it quickly. Yeah, and yeah. Move on. Applies. Absolutely. It applies Absolutely applies. Because what yep. what did I learn? Oh, well, lightning doesn't strike me, and the, yep. the sun came up the next morning. Yep. So 
you know, yeah. it's it's all and, good. So now you refine yeah. your process. And right? not only did I survive, and yeah, it it, it sucked. You know, yeah. rejection sucks, but it was one hundred percent balanced by the positive, by the pride I had in myself yeah. that you know I finally stepped up and asked, and the relief again that yeah now I can move on. So. So yeah, it, it, it stung, but I had all of these other things that made me, I have never gone through such an unpleasant process that made me feel so good about myself. So I was, I was actually using an analogy, but this is a a literal Mm -hmm. case. So I was going to say, was this before or after you first jumped out of a plane as a paratrooper? Oh, well after. Yeah. I, I was a paratrooper very young. Right. So you were able, I was, cause I was going to compare it to it. Well, that was me jumping out of the plane. Right. I guess, asked the yeah, question. Yeah. Right. Yes. Now yeah. you did that years before. Yeah. <clears throat> years later, you're still having troubles and you, you finally get yeah. to, uh. but yeah, it's a sim- similar, but yeah. now you've jumped out yeah. of the plane. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You've, you've done it. Yeah. Um, one other thing I would add on this point, uh, and this applies more to young men. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think it probably only applies to young men. Um, the friend zone. Mm-hmm. And this is something, this is a mistake that I made for a very long time. I spent way too long in the friend zone, all through my 20s, mm-hmm. um, you know, right up until I married, actually. Uh, because I believe that, you know, you had to build, she had to get to know you, blah, 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 blah. Um, I would say she decides if he goes into the friend zone. Mm-hmm. Only he decides how long he stays there. No, yeah. So I would say to any guy that, well, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to get this gal to see, you know, that I'm, that I'm a good guy. So I'm starting as a friendship and I don't want to ask her out right now because I, I'm not getting those winning cues from her and I don't want to lose the friendship. So any guy who's in that, in that situation right now, I would, say, I would say to him, is a friendship what you wanted going into this thing? Yeah. And the answer is obviously no. no. He wanted a relationship. So then you're not getting what you want. And so long as you stay at just at the level of friends, you never will get what you want and you'll never find it here. Well, yeah. And, and the, there becomes this masochistic, like, oh, why doesn't she? Yep. Right. And, you know, and also it, you, you've got to understand that women get most 90, 95% of the benefits of being in a yes. relationship from a friend zone, right? The friend zone is the female equivalent of not buying the milk or not buying the cow because the milk is free. Exactly. Yeah. You will come over to change her light bulbs, help her yep. move her couch, and help her move. Or help yep. Her. You will do all of these blue jobs for her. Yep. When she does need a, uh, a number two for a social function, yeah. you'll get the call. You get the call. She's Her, her sister's getting married. Yep. She doesn't want to be the old maid. You know, she doesn't want to be alone at a wedding. God, no. So you're now the stand-in boyfriend. So, and, and, and it's, uh, or like the company Christmas party. But she doesn't have to provide any of the, uh, she gets all the benefits of a relationship, none of the, the accountabilities, none of the deliverables. Well, at this point, <clears throat> I'm going to go back to what I said about just be yourself, be your mm-hmm. best self, yep. yeah. right? And then everything else just clicks into place. You, <clears throat> so that way you don't even need to go, I'm in the friend zone or I'm not, and it, because it's not even relevant, right? Well, if you're in the no, friend, I think no, it is. It can no. happen to anyone. Yeah, I think it is. No, but what I'm saying is the interaction mm-hmm. with any other individual along the way yeah. is going to be what it's going to be. Yeah. It could be yeah. what we're currently calling the friend zone, or it might be something else, or it might just be an acquaintance, mm-hmm. right? 
all three of those potentials exist, right? And then depending on how that dynamic between you works, it's going to be one of those three things, right? So, and, you know, if it doesn't click as a relationship, it's not going to click as a relationship. It's not. So, yeah. so don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. Right? Well, you're going to know. And if you're in the friend zone. If you're in a friend zone. So. Walk but, away. But. No, just keep being. A, you can keep being well, a friend as well, long okay. as as long as you're what not I, defining it as. Because what we need to go is we're not clicking, we're not clicking on that level. Well, right? so stop. You're not clicking with her. Stop. Try, well, yeah, and let so her, stop trying to click, right? So and um, just accept that that's not about you. Okay. It's about the two of you. Not like clicking. let's. I'm, I'm going to put a name on this fictional guy. I'll call him Corey. Yeah. Corey really, really has feelings for Susie. Okay. But Susie, you know, drops a lot of friends on him. Oh, Corey, you're such a great guy. I'm so lucky to have you as my friend. You know, like, yeah, okay. Corey's got to set some boundaries is the thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, he, you know, uh, you know, he's getting, he's got all the friend zone cues. Yeah. Okay. That's where he is. The only, the only, um, uh, uh, what, 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 what's the word I'm trying to find here? Because all those aluminum mesh meals are now, now biting into me. Now. <laughs> the, the, the only agency, that's the word. The only agency Corey has in this entire, and what I mean by relationship is this, this entire interaction between him and Susie mm-hmm. is how much time he devotes to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when he's deep in the friend zone and he's, and he's still holding out hope, That, you know, she's going to see that I'm a good guy and she's going to want me to transcend from friend into partner. So he's, yeah, he's going over to her house and he's changing, you know, uh, he's fixing her faucets and he's changing her furnace filter and he's, 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 um, changing the oil on her car, like whatever. He's trying to make himself useful to her. I say, okay, Corey, stop doing that. Yeah. Well, you can still be friendly with her. You can still be social with her, but. When she calls and says, hey, Corey, I, would you come with me to my company Christmas party? He needs to say no because he's not happy when he's there. He's sitting beside her. He's frustrated. He's anxious because he's saying, man, we, we make such a good couple. And she's not seeing it. He's, he feels lousy about himself because he's in this situation where what he wants is right in front of him. He cannot have it. He starts to doubt himself. He starts, it's, no, it's not a positive it. thing. And I get it. And I've been there. But He needs but to leave. Here's my response to, to, to some of the things you specifically mm-hmm. said, right? You know, he shouldn't want this. What do you mean? Like he shouldn't want a relationship with Susie? Right. Yeah, but right? And he likes her. He, he doesn't get to right. choose that. And he, Right. So, but he sort of can right? So that's why I'm saying you, okay. you, you need, yeah, to, be, on here. I, you need to be able you, to sense the vibe. Right, and that's just it. So when I talk about things happening, like you organically, mean he needs to sense the cues that Susie's given him. Right, you should, and so you you said that he's he's saying we should we make it. We, we make, he we, feels he feels they make a great couple. Right, so that's what I'm saying. This is where the mindset his mm. his mindset needs to change. Right, he cannot say we would make such a great couple mm-hmm. because that's already defined itself as not. Right? Yeah, because Susie there's, there's does, not, clearly does not share that assessment. There's absolutely nothing to base that on. Right. Right? So you need to take it the other way. If if you want to hang out with her at the Christmas party, if you want to go help her change her tires or whatever yeah. she needs, yeah. right, do those for their own sake. Ah, uh, okay. Gotcha. Right? Don't do them in the hope that this is yeah. going to make her like you. 
Because again, what you're doing yeah. is you're just being yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Just be yourself and shit's going to mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. Right. Or not. Just maybe not with her. Right. Right. But you know, it doesn't mean you can't change her tires. It doesn't mean she does. She ceases needing her tires changed. Right. You're, you're well, a human piece. In, yeah. But human, human person who, yeah, I mean, and, and you know, I'm going to full props to you. That's a very generous way of doing it. I'm just saying for me personally, I couldn't like, and this is, and this is something that I had to learn the hard way. Hmm. And that, uh, like in, in my twenties before, before I, I married. And of course my, after my divorce dating completely changed for me, Yeah. but leading up to that, I had to, yeah, it took me, well, God, I was in my late thirties when I married 36, 37. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say it took me the better part of 20 years to figure out that I can't do that. Being in the friend zone just makes me very unhappy yeah. and made me very depressed. I'll make anyone unhappy. Yeah. It's, well, like, <clears throat> if and, you're going to do something mm-hmm. for anyone, right? Yeah. Like when my friend Heather asked me to come do the brakes on her Toyota. Yeah. Right. Well, okay. Yeah. But I'm not doing it for free. Like, yeah. I mean, she, she feeds me a lot. Okay. Yep. So there's a Fair. trade-off, right? Fair. Right? Quid pro quo. Right. Yep. You know, and, 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 you know, I spend a lot of time socialing with her, yep. uh, her, her and her husband yep. and the dogs, yep. you know, so there's a quid pro quo, but there's always got to be. And, yep. and it's, you yes. don't want to say that because it seems like everything is. But otherwise it is re- exploitative. And, yeah. and yeah. the true friend zone, it is kind of exploitative. Like some well, random as, woman. As, you, as yeah. you're defining a friend zone. If yeah. some, if some random woman calls me up and asks me to change the, Put her winter yep. tires on her car. I'm like, okay, yep. well, you know, sure, like 25 bucks. Or yeah, right. Yeah. Like 25 bucks. I'd do it for 25. Yeah, really? I mean, I got I, I got impact. It's pretty yep. quick. I can do I can do it. Quick in, job. I can do it in under half an hour. Four so. tires. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's easy. Yeah. I can I can have them under done 25 in, bucks. I'd do it for 25. I can do I can do it. Are you saying you should minutes. ask for more? I'm saying 50. Oh yeah, maybe. Well, I'm not trying to be an asshole, and I can do it in about 25 minutes. So yeah, no. How much would it cost? This stranger to go to a professional Mr. Lube to get yeah, it but yeah. you're paying for a lot of overhead there, right? He's already got. He's not paying for his ramp. He's already got his compressor. He's already got. We're his not. Jack. We're not talking about. And I'm not he's talking not about like mount, dismounting and mounting. I'm talking about like yeah. like you have two. She sets brings of tires. the tires. She brings them there, and they're already on wheels. I can't. Yeah, they're already not, on wheels. Yeah. Just, All I we're doing is working the wheels off and putting another set of wheels on. I'd say twenty five is good. And the other thing is, she's not a complete stranger. He said complete stranger. Well, if it was a complete stranger. I'm just, I'm just throwing no, it out there. Okay. I'm saying like, okay. I was thinking okay. if it was an acquaintance. I don't need your, your I don't yeah. need your professional criticism of my, <laughs> of my pricing regime. I'm just like. But yeah, I'd, I'd probably do it for, if, 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 uh, if I, a woman I knew called me up and said, hey, could you help me with that? Say, yeah, 25. That's Gentlemen. Yeah. You're, I, we're, we've blown past your heart out here. So right. I got to go. Okay. But. So, uh, should we continue this on the next time? I feel I've, like there's more. Oh yeah. There's yeah. definitely more. Well, or. Definitely, like we've, I think we've obviously hit a nerve with this whole friend zone thing. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, uh, maybe that's a episode into itself. But I, I also was hoping that today we'd also talk a little bit about um, dating. Is it, uh, is it an interview for marriage, or am I putting too much into that? Should we, should we ask people to consider that? When is a good time to have kids? What are the prerequisites to having kids? Oh my god. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's at least two episodes. So yeah, yeah, these are things that go into kind of mentorship, right? Yeah. Yeah. In the meantime, folks, enjoy what has probably been our shortest episode ever, aside from the one where I went from a smoke and we didn't (laughs) walked away. (laughs) And we didn't Ah. return from it. I went for a beer instead. Yeah. All righty. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Like, share, and subscribe. Uh, Questions, comments, concerns, complicatedpod at gmail.com. Bye. Ciao.